Welcome to the Rockbrook Church Podcast. Our hope is that today's message brings you hope and clarity for your spiritual journey. We love hearing how God is working in your life. Feel free to share any stories of how this message gave you a new perspective and hope. Email us at church at rockbrook.org to tell your story. Well, hi everybody. I'm Pastor Tom Stoltz. I'm pastor of fellowship here at Rockbrook. Can you believe that it's August already? I mean, kids are going back to school and people are planning their last minute summer vacations and projects. And uh, Pastor Ryland asked me before we jumped into the message if I would just share a couple of things with you. So I want to tell you about a few things. The first two things are about our students and kids. And parents, we want you to know that we love your students. We love your kids here at Rockbrook. So much so, uh, these couple of things that I'm going to tell you about, we think it's important enough to take some of this time to tell you about those opportunities so that you don't miss out on them. Uh, the first one, next Sunday night, we'll, we will have our August second Sunday student service. And this service is for our junior high, senior high, and college age students. And why is this in, so important? Why is this service so important? Because it's parents' night. And so, uh, Pastor Andrew wants to invite any parent has students to come to this service, and it's here that he is going to lay out for you uh, what your student will be doing over the fall semester that's coming up. Uh, they're going to be launching uh, student small groups here in the, in the fall semester. And then also what will be happening during that semester is that the um, sixth graders that are now seventh graders, um, they're going to be attending their first, second Sunday uh, stu student service, and so the team there is gearing up for that to welcome them in, and you can be a part of that. There's a lot of great stuff happening in our student ministry this fall, and so this is just a great uh, opportunity for you as a parent to see, to hear, and to experience our student ministry here at Rockbrook Church. And then the weekend following that, August 20 and 21st, Rockbrook for Kids is having their promotion weekend, and this is where all the kids move up a grade in Rockbrook for Kids. Where they're also going to be launching kids' small groups for the summer, so you want to make sure that you get them plugged in for that. But we just want you to know that we are praying for you parents, we're praying for your students, praying for teachers, we're praying for staff and, and faculty, we're praying for a great school year, and we're praying for tremendous spiritual growth here at Rockbrook Church. And Speaking of spiritual growth, I want to just take some time to recognize some people who have been involved in our foundation classes. Foundations is a series of classes on the basic, basic doctrines of the Bible. So starting last fall through the spring and into the summer, uh, we've been teaching the foundations material. And we've been doing this on Sunday morning during our 11 o'clock service and on Tuesday evenings at 7.30 right here at Rockbrook. And we finished up the last foundation class cycle on July 22nd. So if you attended any of the foundation classes, I'm going to ask you to stand for a moment. I did that, but if you attended that, stand. We want to recognize you. If you're um, at home online, yeah, let's give them a, a round of applause. Thank Pastor... Uh, Patrick Gitto for and his team for um, putting that all together. But if you haven't taken foundations, or maybe you missed some of those foundation classes in this last cycle, we're going to be offering foundations again this fall. You can attend it with your small group. 
but the next series of foundations will start on Sunday, September 18th during the 11 o'clock service. Uh, we won't be doing a Tuesday night class, so it'll just be on Sunday, so you could come to uh, Sunday morning service and then attend the 11 o'clock foundation class. So hopefully you uh, can make it that, to that. That's some really, really good stuff. And like I, like I like to say, there is so much more uh, to Rockbrook than just our weekend services. Um, lots of spiritual growth happening here in all age groups at different times, different days, all throughout the week and weekend. So we hope that you'll get plugged in to one of those opportunities. We're going to be launching our adult small groups also here coming up in a few uh, weeks here in September. So be looking be looking for that. Okay, so we're going to jump in to the message. Uh, we're in a sermon series on the armor of God. And um, the armor of God is described for us in a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the folks living in the city of Ephesus. We know it as the book of Ephesians in our Bibles. And in this letter and in this book, Paul covers several important topics. He talks about the supremacy of Christ, how Christ is ruler over everything. He's the head over everything. And how God is a, uh, how we find our salvation in Christ. And the phrase in Christ, in him, happens over and over and over in the book of Ephesians. And ta Paul talks about how we are saved by grace. And this is God's gift to us. You know, we're not saved by anything we've done. We are saved by God's great gift of grace. And so Paul talks about the church, the body of Christ. He describes how Christ is the head and we are the body. And we're to work together and function together so that everyone grows to maturity in Christ. So that we will be the men and women that God has called us to be. And then Paul talks about how to live out our faith in this real world, how to live out our faith in the relationships that we have with one another. He talks about husbands loving their wives as Christ loves the church, and that wives uh, uh, submitting to their husbands as the church submits to Christ. And he talks about kids obeying their parents just as Christ obeys his heavenly Father. He talks about bosses being kind to their employees and about employees working hard for their bosses as unto the Lord. And then Paul closes out this letter with an encouragement to put on the armor of God. And that's where we're at at this, at this series. We're in the book of the Bible called Ephesians. We're in chapter 6. Would you say Ephesians 6? Ephesians 6. Say it again. Ephesians 6. Right. We're in Ephesians chapter 6, starting at semicolon 10. Ephesians 6 dot dot 10, right? So we're in uh, Ephesians chapter what? Starting with verse 10. It's up on the screen. Paul says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's scheme. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Now, Paul makes it real clear that we are in a spiritual war, a war between the forces of evil and those who choose to take a stand for God. 
And this war is not fought against a flesh and blood enemy. It's against a spiritual enemy in the heavenly realms. And we need to remember who our real enemies are. It's not the people around us. You know, it's not unbelievers. You know, they're not in Christ. They're caught up in sin. They're actually pawns of the real enemy. And we need to, we as believers need to understand, as believers, we need to rescue them. You know, they are prisoners of spiritual war. The real enemy is the spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Those are the ones that we should be fighting. And if we're going to fight these uh, spiritual forces of evil, it's going to take spiritual weapons to do this. And so Paul goes on to say in Ephesians chapter what? Right. Uh, Semicolon 13. Therefore put put on the full armor of God. So when when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, Pastor Ryland uh, has already talked about the benefits of the belt of truth wrapped around your waist and the the breastplate of righteousness in place. And today we're looking at what the Apostle Paul tells us that we need to put on our feet. Because the shoes that you wear in this spiritual battle are vitally important to our, uh, our armor, to our protection. Now, the first thing that you need to know about these spiritual shoes is they are not running shoes. All right, We are not to run from the battle. And these are not dancing shoes so that we can uh, skirt and avoid the issues. And these are not slippers for comfort. Paul says these are shoes to help you to take your stand, to stand your ground, to stand and to stand firm. This spiritual battle that we are fighting, it is earth-shaking, all right? You can lose your spiritual footing, so you need the right kind of shoes. And we see this happen happen to people around us all the time. You know, people that we thought were strong in their faith, and they lose their spiritual footing, and they fall. And uh, maybe that's even happened to you. And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, he gives us a warning. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you do not fall. So if you're going to stand firm, you've got to have the right kind of footwear. So we're going to do a little spiritual shoe shopping today together. Okay, so Paul says that you want your feet fitted. Some translations use your feet shod with. And shod just means footwear. So if I were to use this in a a sentence, uh, uh, Danny McDonald from the BostonGlobe.com reported that on the 10th of February 2018, Singleton legit faces a charge of assault and battery with a dangerous weapon, a shod foot. So that's that used in an example. And in fact, his, his feet, he used them as a weapon, his shoes. Um, So first, we need to realize that these spiritual shoes help us to stand firm. They help us in our battle. And the second thing that we need to know is that we need to be ready, and we need to be prepared. You don't want to get um, taken by surprise in this battle. So you want to be ready, you want to be prepared, and that's why Paul is giving us this whole list of armor so that we can be prepared 
for this spiritual battle. You know, a soldier does not train for battle after the battle. A soldier trains before the battle. A soldier trains to be ready, to be prepared for battle. So don't get caught by surprise. We are in a spiritual battle for our souls. So it's good to be ready. It's good to be prepared. But there is a very important point to remember with this. Your trust must be in the Lord, not in your preparedness. You know, there's nothing wrong with um, preparation. There's nothing wrong with readiness. We talked about that. But there is a subtle trap uh, that, uh, that can come with preparation. Look at this. Preparation can lead to pride. And it can lead to false security. It can lead to pride and false security. You know, when we shift our trust off of Christ and onto ourselves, we begin to think that our hope is in our, in our own preparedness. And then we fall into a trap. And Jesus talks about this. He told a story in Luke chapter 12. He told this parable. He said, The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, What shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, This is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. Now, there's nothing wrong with riches. There's, you know, this man's abundance is not the issue in this story. God is the one who has blessed this man with an abundant harvest. You know, riches and abundance are a, a gift. They're God's blessing to us. And there's nothing wrong with this man's plan to store and to protect his harvest. It's good stewardship. You know, uh, you don't want to neglect the abundance that God provides. We don't want to waste God's gifts to us. But the problem comes in the subtle shift in this man's thinking. So it's in his thinking that's the problem. And here it is. It's in that verse. He says, I will say to myself, he takes God out of the picture. He takes God out of the conversation. He doesn't ask God what to do with his abundance. He makes his own plans. He thinks to himself. He says, you know what? You have plenty of grain laid up for many years. I'll just take life easy. You know, eat, drink, and be merry. The problem is that his trust, his thankfulness, his dependence shifts from God to the things that God has given him. It's a very subtle but very common pitfall that we can, we can fall into as believers. Our trust shifts from the God who provides to the things that God has provided for us. Uh, let's look at the rest of this verse, what God says to this man. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich toward God. You know, the man took a stand on his own preparedness, and it led to his downfall. And all your preparedness can go by the wayside in an instant, just like this man. That's why you need to make sure that you are standing on solid ground. You've got to have trust in the right place to protect yourself from this pitfall. I want to suggest that you ask three questions. 
What do I stand on? What do I stand in? And what do I stand for? And Paul says, put on the full armor of God so that you can stand firm. And one of the pieces of armor you need uh, is feet fitted with the gospel, the good news of peace. The gospel, the good news of peace. So we have the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and the shoes of peace. So in this series, we have been asking three questions uh, about our armor. What is the piece of armor? How does it protect me? And how do I put it on? So the shoes of peace, our first question, what is peace? In Ephesians 2.14, Paul says it very plainly. He says, for he himself is our peace. For Jesus himself is our peace. Christ is the sole source of peace. Soul, S-O-L-E. Now, I love this illustration here because this S-O-L-E um, has a twofold meaning. And the first can mean that it is the sole of your shoe, the very bottom of your shoe. So we just ask the question, what do I stand on? Well, I stand on Jesus. Jesus is our peace, so I want to stand on him. Also, S-O-L-E can mean the sole source. And so Jesus is our sole source of peace. He's the only source of true peace. You know, people are always looking for peace, but they're often looking in the wrong places. And in this spiritual battle that we're engaged in, our enemy, the world, the flesh, and the devil are always putting out counterfeits. They're always saying, hey, do this, or go here, or buy this, or try this. They say, hey, come over here because the pathway to peace is here. And then what happens is when we, when we engage those things, we find out there's no real peace there. It's a big letdown because it's a counterfeit. It's a fake. So Jesus is the soul uh, we stand on, and Jesus is our soul source of peace. But Jesus is also the sole source of peace, S-O-U-L, S-O-U-L, because peace starts in the, in the heart, in the soul. And Paul says in Colossians 3.15, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You know, that's a great little piece of scripture to hold on to. You know, you hit a, a rough patch in your day, you say, well, I'm going to let the peace of Christ rule in my heart. You know, you get bad news at home or at work at the doctor's office. You want to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. You know, the plans that you're making, they take a detour. You want to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace. He's the source. So I take my stand in the peace of Christ. I'm putting on the armor. I'm putting on the peace of Christ. Our second question that we're asking is, what does peace protect me from? And Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So what does peace protect me from? Peace protects me from falling into panic. It protects me from falling into panic and into worry. You know, uh, Paul is 
teaching from the New Testament. But the Old Testament is full of stories of physical battles. Paul's talking about a spiritual battle, but in the Old Testament, there's a lot of stories about real physical battles. And one of the most uh, effective military strategies in the Old Testament, and you see this over and over again, is to get your enemy to panic. You know, when people panic, they don't think straight. You know, when soldiers panic, they forget how to fight. They forget who they're fighting. And they lose sight of who the real enemy is and often can turn on one another. And our spiritual enemy is fully aware of this tactic. They seek to fuel panic in our lives so that we don't think straight. You know, anxiety, fear, alarm, and terror, those are weapons that, that the enemy wants to use against us. And we need to recognize this strategy for what it is. And we need to counter that strategy with the peace of Christ. The peace of Christ protects us from falling prey to panic. You know, uh, as the world moves uh, further and further away from God, you can expect to face more fear, more anxiety, more terror, more panic. And I just want to encourage you to don't be surprised by this. God has predicted it. You know, just look around and you'll see, even right now, that the world, is pro- the world is promoting panic. But Jesus provides peace. Don't take the bait on the panic. Instead, latch on to the peace of Christ. Because of the peace of Christ will protect you from panic. And the third question that we're asking in regards to our armor is, how do I put, it, how do I put uh, on peace? How do I put it on? And like we said, you're living in a state of spiritual warfare. Um, You're never going to live a problem-free life. It's always going to be something. You know, this spiritual battle is going to rage until Jesus comes back. And that's why it's so important that you armor up. Because it's going to be one thing after another. You know, uh, the, the moment that you solve problem number one, problem number two moves up and becomes problem number one. And there's a word for a series of problems. You want to know what that word is? It's life. It's life. You know, Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble. You will have trouble. And as soon as you win one battle, another one takes place. So how do I put on peace? Paul gives us this instruction in Philippians 4, 6 through 7. He says, Don't worry about anything. So he's saying, look, don't panic. Instead, pray about everything. So he's saying, look, don't panic, pray. And tell God your needs, and don't forget to thank him for his answers. So how do I put on peace? Paul says you pray, and then you thank God when he answers. You know, that is one of the most um, powerful things about keeping a prayer list or a prayer journal, because it helps you to um, see that God has answered your prayers. It helps you to cultivate a thankful heart, an attitude of gratitude. And then look what happens. Let's look at the rest of this verse. If you do this, you will experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. So to put on peace, 
we want to pray and we want to thank God. But there's another step to this. To put on peace, we also need, need to do what Romans 8, 6 says to do. And that, and, and that says that we need to think. T-H-I-N-K. We need to think. We need to use our mind. Let's look at this. If a person's thinking is controlled by his sinful self, then there is death. But if his thinking is controlled by the Spirit, then there is life and peace. How many of you want life and peace? I want life and peace in my life. And some of you, when you are faced uh, with an uncomfortable situation, you know, you just start to try harder. You start to rely on your own willpower. Uh, you start to rely on your own thinking, your own human understanding. And when that happens, you become more controlling. And when you become more controlling, you become more compulsive. And when you do that, you become more unhappy. And then everybody around you becomes unhappy as a result. But others are the, the exact opposite of that. You try not to think about it at all. You know, you just want to ignore um, the, the troubles. And you try not to think about it. Or you just want to give in to despair and you want to wallow around in, like in a giant pity pop party. But none, none, neither of these responses work. We need to armor up. You know, the way that you think matters. You know, in, in the book of James, James says that the mind influences the heart. So whatever you put in the mind is going to influence your heart. Now, out of our heart flows our feelings and our emotions and our passions. So the mind starts to kick those things in. And when that starts to happen, then we react to it. And then we find ourselves, our bodies our, uh, and our, our, our way of life, we start reacting to those things. And then for good or bad, we find ourselves in either situations of panic or peace. And we've already talked about how the world, the devil, are coming against you and against God. And they do this through world philosophy, through um, uh, opinions through lies through half-truths you know they want you to be controlled by your own selfish desires and then to act upon those desires but we're called to live by the spirit and how do you do that how do you live by the spirit well you change your perspective change your mind change how you think you need to learn to put on peace in the middle of your troubles you know the peace of Christ is not the absence of troubles. The peace of Christ is peace in the midst of your troubles. And Paul says the way to do that is to be controlled by the Spirit. You know, uh, this isn't in your outline. You might want to write this down, Galatians 5.22. And in Galatians 5.22, it lists nine fruits of the Spirit or nine characteristics of the Spirit. And one of those characteristics is peace so when we let the spirit of God control us he brings peace into our li lives but in order for the spirit to have control over your life you have to renew your mind you have to change the way that you think and the way that you do that is with the word of God and you need to get the word of God into your mind daily and from there it influences your heart and then impacts the way that you live. But why is this so important to do this daily? Because daily, the world, the flesh, and the devil 
are trying to influence the way that you think. And again, they do that by world philosophies, false religions, personal opinions of the people around you, false promises, half-truths. You know, I want to applaud you for being here today. You know, uh, by being here, you are filling your mind with God's Word. I think that's why it's so important to make it a habit to come to church every weekend because you're filling your mind with God's, God's Word. You know, you want to soak this stuff up as much as you can. You know, I would encourage you to take your outline home and meditate on it. You know, how many in, you, in here, how many of you in here know how to worry? Raise your hand. If you know how to worry, then you know how to meditate. Because what do you do when you worry? You think about it over and over and over, and it consumes your day. It consumes uh, uh, your, your week, your month. But instead of uh, worrying about that thing, find a promise of God and meditate on it. Worship on God's word, and it'll change, your, it'll change the way that you look at that thing that you're worrying about. Instead of panic, you'll experience peace about that thing that you're worrying about. So put this stuff into practice, and it will change the way that you think about your troubles and problems. You'll experience less panic and more peace in your life. So if you want to stand firm and you want peace, you want to put on the belt of truth, put on the breastplate of righteousness, and put on the shoes of peace. You've got to let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. And it all starts with Jesus. So what do I stand on? Jesus. What do I stand in? Jesus. What do I stand for? Jesus. Feet fitted with the gospel, the good news of peace is Jesus. We stand on Jesus. Uh, we're going to pray here in, in a moment. And I want you to know that this prayer, it is not mine. Um, you know, I, I, I know the Apostle Paul, and he's, he's a genius. And I know that um, at the beginning of his his writings, his letters, he usually starts out with a prayer. And it'll usually be a prayer of thanksgiving and praise. And sure enough, you know, um, I thought, okay, here we are at the end of Ephesians chapter what? Good job. End of, of, chapter of, of Ephesians chapter 6 with the armor of God. I want to go look and see what Paul prayed. And so I went through that, and, and so I uh, crafted a prayer um, from Paul's prayer and his praise and his thanksgiving. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and we're going to pray um, through chapter 1 here. There's a little bit of this. This is mine, but it's mostly um, Paul's prayer. We praise you, God, our Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You have blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And one of those blessings is your word that warns us of the troubles we face and teaches us how to stand firm in our troubles. Father God, at times we are weak with little faith. Help us, Father, to do what you have called us to do. Give us the courage and strength to put on your spiritual armor. We want to be known as a church who stands firm in Jesus against the devil and his schemes. For this reason, with faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for us all, we ask that you, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, that you may give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know you better. 
we pray that the eyes of our hearts may be opened in order that we may know the hope to which you have called us, know the riches of your glorious inheritance, and know your incomparably great power for us who believe. The power that comes from your mighty strength that you exerted when you raised Christ from the dead and seated him at your right hand in the heavenly realms. Father, we ask this in the name of Jesus, the one who, the one appointed to be head over, the, over everything for the church, the one who is far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and the name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. Father, it is in Jesus' name that we pray and we praise you. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We would love for you to get connected to what's going on at Rockbrook Church. Visit us online at rockbrook.org for service times, small group information, and other ways you can discover your purpose here on earth.